If you're listening to WIHI today, you're committed to patient safety. That's why IHI and the National Patient Safety Foundation are proud to invite you to this year's Patient Safety Congress. The Patient Safety Congress brings together committed healthcare professionals who are passionate about ensuring safe care equitably for all patients and are working every day to shape smarter, safer care. With keynote presentations from patient safety leads, engaging sessions on safety culture and science, and an immersive learning and simulation center, the Congress is the only annual meeting in the U.S. with a singular focus on safety. It's also the first Congress since NPSF merged with the Institute for Healthcare Improvement, combining their collective vision of building and sustaining a culture of safety in healthcare. If you'd like to be a part of that culture of safety, we hope you'll join us in Boston, May 23rd through the 25th for the Patient Safety Congress. For more information, visit IHI.org slash Patient Safety Congress. Now, here's WHI. A growing number of healthcare organizations have adopted the practice of daily safety huddles to identify safety concerns. When done well, safety huddles get managers and staff from a cross-section of the health system quickly on the same page about any incidents from the day or night before and problems that could put patients at risk as a new day unfolds. The question is, are leaders and staff taking full advantage of the safety huddle? Well, we're going to investigate, and we invite your input as well on this edition of WIHI. And I want to welcome you to WIHI. We're an online audio talk show from the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. I'm your host and producer, Matt. Kaplan, and I'm IHI's Director of Communications. Safety huddles are considered a breakthrough process, and most experts will say these huddles are key to becoming a high-reliability organization. But they do require a hypervigilance that at least some anecdotal evidence suggests wanes over time. So how do you avoid a safety huddle that's just going through the motions? All right, I'm going to introduce our guests, longer uh, more information is available on uh, slides about each individual, so I'm keeping uh, my remarks now on the brief side, but do read on about all these wonderful individuals. On the phone from New York, we have Ronette Wiley. Ronette Wiley, I should say, is a recognized leader in patient safety and is currently the executive vice president and Chief Operating Officer of Bassett Medical Center, part of Bassett Healthcare Network, and that's in Cooperstown, New York. And welcome, Ronette. Uh, nice to have you. Thank you. Helen Mackey is a consultant gastroenterologist at University Hermeyers Hospital, NHS Lanarkshire in Scotland, and she's going to perhaps correct everything I've just said pronunciation-wise. Uh, she is the National Clinical Advisor for the Realistic Medicine Initiative of NHS Scotland. Welcome, Helen. And how did I do on those names? You did absolutely fine. Okay, thanks. And we have Dr. Jim Reinertson with us. He heads the Reinertson Group that's focused on improving the clinical quality performance of healthcare organizations. From 2001 to 2013, Jim was a senior fellow at IHI, and he played a significant role in IHI programs related to boards, executives, and physician leaders. Welcome, Jim. Thank you very much, Madge. 
All right, great. All right, so you're going to get our first question, Jim, and and I want you all to uh, remember that Jim, you can hold Jim responsible for uh, this uh, program in the best sense uh, because Jim and colleagues of his uh, do an awful lot of traveling and observing and uh, like to go to the huddles when uh, they do so. And uh, he's uh, noticing some things. And in some sense, it's kind of hot off the press to be talking about it on WIHI. So, Jim, the safety huddle applied to healthcare is an example of another tool that uh, healthcare uh, wonderfully borrowed from another industry. So, I thought it would just very quickly remind people of its origins. Uh, what's going on now? How widespread are safety huddles now in, in U.S. healthcare and globally? And uh, then start talking about some of your concerns. Thanks, Jim. Oh, thank you, Madge. Yes, the safety huddle is a practice that uh, we in healthcare have adopted from uh, nuclear power uh, mainly, but from other uh, high reliability organizations which have similar processes. I think I can probably trace its origins in healthcare to the work of Kerry Johnson and Craig Clapper and their colleagues who uh, are nuclear safety engineers and, and taught us uh, that this might be a good practice for us to adopt in healthcare. And I think thousands of hospitals and other healthcare systems have now adopted it, and many of them consider it the best meeting they have every day. Um, as I go around and, and visit organizations, and I have the privilege of visiting dozens and dozens of places over the last year or two or three, but I've been, I make a practice of trying to attend the daily safety huddle because it's a good window into the culture of the organization. And while I have observed some examples of excellent practice here and there, in far too many instances, I would say uh, that this is a meeting that appears to be about how busy the organization is rather than about how safe the organization is or isn't. Um, I, I, I hear people going around the room saying, you know, we've got such and so level of busyness, and then saying no safety issues, one after another. And yet, when I get, after the meeting, I, I get one-on-one -on -one with the leader of radiology, for example, imaging services, I say, well, were there any things that happened yesterday that weren't quite right? She said, oh, yeah, we had a, a, a terrible near miss. We almost gave a patient a massive overdose of medication because of a wrong dose being delivered from pharmacy. And, and I said, well, why didn't that come up at the safety huddle? And I, I talked to the leader of surgical services, and I said, are you worried about anything going on today? She said, oh, yeah. She said, we got a procedure going on in OR number five right now with a piece of new equipment in the room that, that's important to the procedure and nobody's ever used this equipment before. Um, and I, I, I just can't tell you how many examples I have of this where people have said no issues, no issues, no issues, and yet when you ask them individually after the meeting, yeah, they got a lot of things that are scaring them or making them worried about safety. Robin Williams famously said that the trouble with life is that there's no scary music. I think the purpose and one way of framing the purpose of these daily safety huddles is that they're an opportunity to have a conversation about where the scary music should be playing in the hospital today, where the music from JAWS, for example, should be playing in the background, what rooms, what, what settings should that be occurring. So I, I am I'm troubled, I think, uh, and that would be the way of describing it, about where this meeting, which is a very good idea behind it, where it seems to have drifted for all too many organizations. I have a list of questions here on this slide that I've started to ask 
uh, leaders who come to this meeting and say no issues with safety, uh, well, do you have any patients with the same last name on your service today? Uh, are you using a difficult new medication for the first time? Are you using a new and unfamiliar piece of equipment in some major procedure today? Did a surgeon uh, who's doing a procedure today uh, have a bad, bad, bad time of it the last two times he or she did that procedure? Um, is this a procedure, is there a procedure going on in your service today that's only done once or twice a year? I mean, I would be scared about these kinds of things. Uh, and I think that, that probably the managers and leaders of those units are, but why they don't come up in this conversation at the daily safety huddle is something that puzzles me. Um, uh, if you look at the, the books and the, the references on high reliability organizations, you'll see that the characteristics which are highlighted here on this slide, preoccupation with failure and sensitivity to operations are really what's at the heart of the daily safety huddle. Um, this is where the small inconsequential things that could have potential to be big things should in fact be aired and discussed. And I think many people think, oh, that's too small an issue to bring forward. I'm not really sure what that particular problem is. And the sensitivity to operations part of it is, yeah, there is an issue with staffing and safety. And if there are staffing issues, we should talk about them. But it's not the only kind of issue that might uh, uh, cause a, a safety risk to be uh, brought forward uh, in the operations today. So I'm, I, I think that's the focus of what these uh, daily safety huddles should be about, preoccupation with failure and sensitivity operations. And I'm really eager to hear from uh, Renette and Helen about what it is they're doing, because I think we need to hold, for, hold up these examples of really good ways of doing the safety uh, briefing every day uh, so that we can all raise our game on this one. Thank you so much, uh, Jim, for those remarks and setting the scene. So we're going to hear uh, from Ronette and Helen uh, in New York and uh, from Scotland, respectively, and then we'll come back to Jim, and uh, he'll kind of pull out some observations from that. But that really helps uh, set the scene very much. And, of course, I really wished we had thought about having some scary music um, to a company. <laughs> we'll work on that for the next production. All right, Ronette, uh, from everything I've heard and uh, read and uh, much of what you've shared with all of us, uh, something good is clearly going on at Bassett Medical Center with safety huddles, uh, and it seems increasingly connected to a very active safety culture. So tell us about Bassett's journey, because in some ways what we're seeing now uh, really grew out of uh, uh, concerns. Thanks very much. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Madge. Really, as Bassett Medical Center um, found itself very much stale in its safety culture, um, some some of the background uh, around the cause for um, an urgent change uh, were a number of things. First of all, fa patient safety event reporting was stalled out. Um, we were hearing about events that were never uh, raised up through our event reporting system. Leaders were really not communicating in a meaningful way about safety concerns. Uh, we were finding that event, event investigations were lagging and resolutions were significantly delayed. We kept having the same issues come up over and over again. We also had tried a few uh, different methodologies related to patient safety that 
did not stick. And honestly, uh, we knew something had to change, but it could not be a flavor of the day approach to safety. At that time, we also had a new CEO. And so his observations were the same as ours. It seemed like things were really kind of uh, stalled in, in our patient safety culture. So I had quite honestly been watching what was happening in the state of Connecticut around patient safety and the idea of a safety huddle um, and had done some review. And in looking at our culture and some of the challenges and barriers we faced, we kind of uh, decided we need to have it. We wanted to do a huddle, but it needed to be a hybrid model that attacked all of the issues that we had. So uh, one, of the, one of the issues that we had was that our leadership team was not always here first thing in the morning. It was not uncommon to see directors coming in 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning. And for us to get the organization going in regards to safety, we knew that was going to be a transformative change. We needed to, to have people engaged and ready to go and reviewing um, our safety events by 8 o'clock in the morning. So. Our ask of the organization was help us develop guiding principles, help us develop a pilot so that when we come together and we try this test of change, if it does not work, we will course correct. So on the next slide, you're going to see the guiding principles that were developed for the organization. Um, and these, I think, are keys to our sustainability. And we're now in our, our third, fourth year of the safety huddle, and we have maintained these. These start at 8 o'clock every morning, and if you are late, we know it. Um, we have our CEO and myself, the COO now, um, sit at the safety huddle every single day. So they know that the senior executives in the organization are going to be there. In order to have a faith, effective safety huddle, it is important that because people need vacations, people have time off, you need to plan ahead. There needs to be a designee. You need to get out into your departments and into your units to see what the next day is looking like and what events occurred since or potentially occurred since you went home the previous night. So it has required our leaders to start their day much earlier than some of them had typically be do, had been done, doing. We asked them to come prepared. One of the tools that we leveraged for this is at, at midnight every night, all of the event reports that were submitted for their unit are sent to them electronically in a report. So they know every, every near miss that has been reported. They know every concern that has been reported. And they come to the huddle to discuss the important ones. We also make people stick to the facts. We have to resist every day a discussion forum about trying to uh, trying to effectualize a change based on an event that happened. That has been a challenge for us, but we do it every day. Our goal is really to get out of the, the safety huddle in less than 15 minutes. Today, for example, we did it in under 10. The next, uh, the next uh, slide really talks about what I feel are some of the uh, secret sauce elements or components to our safety huddle. 
This is led by the administrator on call in our organization. Um, we've resisted what, what some other organizations do, which is have somebody from quality or patient safety or risk management lead it. Our key executives and senior leaders take administrator on call duties for a week at a time. And so they are the ones getting called in the middle of the night if there's a serious event or serious concern. They're the ones following it up, and they are the ones that will be following it into the next day. They lead the safety huddle. There's a quick report out by all of our key clinical and support departments. Right now, we have 40 individuals, up to, up to 40 individuals that are reporting out. Some of the departments that report out that you may not be um, having in some of your organizations that we feel are probably unique, biomedical engineering is there to hear about equipment issues, but also to report equipment issues that they may be seeing. Uh, we have in the wintertime, because we're in the beautiful Northeast, a member of our grounds crew come in here if there are um, grounds issues related to sidewalks or parking lots. Um, we have information technology who's there to hear any of the IT-related issues and also to give report and status updates when something has been reported the day before. And we also have pastoral care there. Pastoral care really ends uh, our uh, time together um, in a very nice way that is meaningful and reflects kind of the tenor of the safety huddle that day. Sometimes there are very serious and very sad issues if there was an infant death, et cetera. Sometimes things are a little more light, um, but she has a nice way of weaving something in that helps reconnect us with our mission and reconnect us with our work. And then finally, the administrator on call who's feverishly taking notes during the safety huddle sends out a daily update of all of the notes, everything that needs to be followed up on, and so everyone has their marching orders in writing. The next slide I shared with you, and I think Madge is making this available to all of you, are some of the tools and templates that we developed and have um, really used to help keep this uh, sticky. Um, one of the good things that I think has helped us a great deal is our Good Catch Awards. We often are hearing good catches um, that are reported. We recognize leaders bring their staff members to the huddle to recognize them for good catches. Um, we also end each of our uh, safety huddles with somebody volunteering to, to say, I'm the patient today. Here's what I heard at the safety huddle. I'm the colleague today. Here is what I heard at the safety huddle, or here's what I'm concerned about. And uh, so we used to assign that randomly, um, but now people raise their hand and are looking forward to, to weave that voice in uh, into the safety huddle. So some of our outcomes, even though this isn't our newest data, um, it is certainly reflect, the trend is certainly continuing. Our near misses continue to re be reported over and over again. We keep seeing an increase in near misses. Um, event incident reports, obviously, that uh, with an in increase in near miss reporting, our incidents continue to report as well. We also are looking at our culture, and on the next slide, you'll see that um, we've done uh, we've we've done some uh, we've done some surveying, and we're right in the middle of the AHRQ patient safety uh, culture survey again right now. But we did a specific survey, um, baseline and impact on how, if any, uh, the safety huddle has affected us as colleagues in the areas of timeliness of events being resolved and investigated teamwork and communication. And you can see from the slide 
that um, we, by far and away, this has really transformed um, our work in, in those three key areas. So on the next slide, um, I kind of uh, lovingly call this my C4 model to sustainability. Um, I don't know if Bassett's any different than other organizations, but sometimes we have a very hard time sustaining things. Um, I believe firmly that the key to sustaining the safety huddle work was consistency, doing it the same time, the same way, the same people, the same place every day. The communication, which is face-to-face, -face, we have resisted the urge to have people be able to have a call-in number. Um, we have to see each other. If there's a sensitive issue, we are talking through it. There are many huddles that spin off after the safety huddle where colleagues will go into a corner and start working on whatever issue it was. We celebrate the good catches I already talked about. We also have this really neat phenomenon where new managers are bringing new staff uh, to, to come to see the safety huddle, very new when they're in there, as very new employees. We always clap for them and welcome them warmly to the organization. And it's just a nice way to start, whether you're an environmental services technician, a nurse, or a physician. And then finally, connection. I talked about some of the ways we connect back to our mission with the colleague voice, with the patient voice, with the pastoral care, um, kind of a mission moment. So finally, I think, I, you know, Madge asked me to, to, to further kind of talk about the keys, the very um, important keys to sustainability. It's senior leadership visibility. If you know the CEO, the CNO, the COO, and all the vice presidents are gonna be at this safety huddle every day, you're gonna be there. You're not gonna take a pass. The no call-in numbers I've already talked about. Um, you leverage your technology, give your leaders the tools, let them, you know, have them see all of the event reports. Following up and following through was also key. Um, when things are reported, they do not go into a black hole. They are followed up on, they are closed out in our systems, and we use those as learning. Celebration, another good, good important component. And also involving your educators. We have our nurse educators and we have other educators that often come to the safety huddle as observers, and they hear about the challenges um, that are being faced by the staff. They hear about areas where they need to enhance communi communication and education, and that's also been key for us. Those are, those are the things that I'd like to, um, to like to let you know about. You know, four years into it, it is one of the best things that we've ever done. And uh, it certainly has transformed our culture and our safety of culture. Thank you, Annette, so much. Um, really, uh, so much information in all of this. I really appreciate your kind of uh, boiling it down, but I think you captured quite uh, a few of the key points. Uh, Vicki here in the studio with me put up some links, including a link uh, to some of the uh, tools at Bassett uh, that uh, were listed in one of the slides. So you can, there's a zip file there. Uh, be sure to open it up and you can see some of the tools that they use. Okay. All right. So, Renette, we're going to uh, jump from uh, Cooperstown uh, to Helen uh, in uh, uh, Lanarkshire. And uh, Helen, uh, of course, the thing, one of the things that caught my attention uh, right away was some material Helen sent, including something called the Daily Onion. 
Um, so I think that might uh, kind of be a centerpiece uh, or say uh, quite a bit about what goes on uh, at Hermeyer's Hospital. But uh, thanks uh, very much for telling us about the program there. Okay, thank you, Matt. So if you go to my first slide, so Hare Myers is a 500-bedded district general hospital. It's one of three in Lanarkshire, which is the third biggest health board in Scotland, and we're located just south of Glasgow. Now, one of the aims of the Scottish Patient Safety Programme was to reduce hospital standardised mortality rates in all Scottish hospitals. This is something that all hospitals report on quarterly. In 2013, concerns emerged in Lanarkshire that our rates were higher and not falling in line with the rest of Scotland. And you can see our three hospitals there on the funnel chart. This led to Scottish Government commissioning Health Improvement Scotland to conduct a rapid review into the safety and quality of acute adult patients in Lanarkshire. This was the first type of this review in Scotland. The review was highly critical of care in our hospitals. It was reported widely in the national and local press, and this was extremely difficult for our staff, many of whom live and work in the area. Staff morale was very low and public confidence had been shaken. The review made a number of recommendations, so I'm going to focus on two. One, it recommended that we strengthen and simplify our leadership structure, which led to Lanarkshire introducing a triumvirate-based structure of a site director, a chief nurse and a chief doctor. So I was the chief doctor. And also another recommendation was to make sure uh, it was easier for staff to raise concerns. Around this time, we were also facing significant challenges with unscheduled care, and as part of Scottish Government's whole system flow improvement project, uh, huddles had been promoted widely through Scotland. So we were already sort of introducing um, uh, flow huddles. Further inspiration came from one of our consultants, who as part of his Scottish Patient Safety Fellowship had heard Samantha Jones, Chief Executive of West Herefords Hospital, talking about how Heart Trust overcame similar challenges and how they transformed care with the introduction of their huddle, which they called the onion. Called so because it's peeling back the layers day by day. Go to the next slide. So we added the, the onion to our morning programme in 2014, and it's very much the safety component of the huddle. It's always led by a senior clinical leader Issues are recorded simply on a flip chart and we start every day by just feeding back on the issues that were raised yesterday and what we've done about them and how they've been resolved. We then ask two questions. Are there any patient safety issues today in your area and what can we do today to make a difference and make care for our patients safer? The morning programme as it currently stands is displayed on the slide, but this went through a number of iterations. We've changed the order to avoid duplication and to streamline processes. Uh, we've refined our metrics and we've developed our unique hospital barometer, which is a measure of pressure in our system. And that's linked to a set of consistent responses and escalation actions aimed at re-optimising flow, reducing overcrowding and improving safety. 
Another iteration actually came from our staff, and this was the stars. Um, staff often wanted to celebrate things that went well, to thank each other for acts of kindness, excellence and care, or going the extra mile. So we end every day with asking, are there any stars? So what do we discuss at The Onion? Well, simply anything that staff feel is a patient safety or a patient experience or, or, or affects staff. So no issue is too big, no issue is too small. The person leading The Onion focuses on language to ensure that all issues are framed and how they impact on patient care. And, to, and we try and ensure a safe environment where it's very clear that all concerns are being listened to. The Onion is open to all grades of staff. Anyone can come. Uh, we have representations from hospital, from community par partners, from ambulance. Uh, we, again, uh, just like Ronette, we have our estates and um, uh, IT and our chaplains come along. The overall emphasis of The Onion is that leaders listen, staff talk, but we're seen to take action and we're seen to feedback on those actions. So results. Um, well, the onion was only part of an extensive improvement plan, but it's my belief that it was the onion that we created the community, a whole hospital team approach, a shared understanding of issues which affect our patients. And as a result, that's enabled us to see uh, hard outcome measures such as HRS SMR rates falling. We are all Lanarkshire hospitals are now well ahead of the Scottish average. Border numbers falling, uh, patients boarded out with specialty was a, a major concern from our clinicians and we're really proud of the progress we've made there. We've also seen improvements in unscheduled care, although that still remains a, a, an issue from us. The Onion has flattened hierarchy, the direct ward-to-board approach created a psychological safe space for staff to raise concerns and it's also enabled leaders to be visible, approachable and proactive. And I think we're aware of issues much at a much earlier stage and also we have the support and engagement of staff to solve them. Now I'm just going to explain the last three slides. So the first one is Medwin Williams who is 13 times gold medal winner at Chelsea Flower Show. The second is, I was recently in India, and this is a street in Madurai in India, where uh, they only sell onions. The entire street is full of onion sellers. And the third one is Peter Glazebrook uh, with his record-breaking giant onion. So he was the, the largest onion ever grown. So our onion continues to thrive and grow. We're now in our fourth year and it's well embedded into our morning and it's widely viewed as the venue to come and raise concerns. Uh, like Renette, we follow up with our Daily Onion, which is a newsletter that gets sent out by email to all staff, which just captures the issues that have been raised. I think we have uh, sustained our onion because of consistency of approach, striving for excellence, a sense of community like the onion sellers in Madurai, and that has and and also we have cared for our patients and cared for each other. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you so much, uh, Helen. Love the photos. That's wonderful. Um, and I, I have to say when I, the third photo there, I mean, it's maybe it's just me. I didn't realize that was an onion. <laughs> 
It's a very big onion and a very proud onion grower. I bet. I bet. He's kind of holding that in a pretty nurturing way. So I was like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you, Helen. Thank you, Renette. I want to, uh, we have some questions and uh, this becomes now uh, the Q&A time, but I'm going to swing back to Jim because this is one of uh, the things Jim does very well. He's a very keen observer and uh, um, he has had some info about uh, these two sites that we are showing today. But Jim, tell us some of the things that you heard that you felt are kind of notable and worth underscoring. Well, I've got a number of them, Madge. I think that's fantastic. Thank you, Helen and Ronette. Uh, first of all, I have to say this, the role of the senior most executives in the, all of this, it, this cannot be delegated. And I think we hear that very, very clearly. And it's not just that you show up. It's what you do when you're there. Edgar Schein says the way you change a culture if you're a senior leader is, number one, by what you measure, control, and pay attention to on a daily basis. And if safety isn't on that list for you as a senior executive, then something's wrong. So the organizations that are doing this well, it strikes me that they've got senior leadership engaged there, asking hard questions, and, and, and really probing to make sure that we're getting to the bottom of issues. Uh, secondly, I, I, I haven't heard it specifically from Ronette or, or um, Helen, but it seems to me it's necessary that the leaders who are assigned to come to this meeting and give reports go through some sort of leadership standard work prior to coming to the daily safety huddle so that that standard work would include asking questions of staff. Are we doing anything scary today? Do, do, we, do we have any problems with equipment that I haven't heard about? Going through the incident reports, there ought to be a list of standard work items that are completed in the hour prior to coming to the meeting. I think that it sounds like it must happen in your in the kinds of meetings you're op, running, and it'd be interesting to know what kind of training they might have gotten to do those kinds of things. I think uh, we haven't said it explicitly. I've heard you talk about it kind of as as you talk about the safety risks that you discuss, Helen and Renette. But you're not just talking about patient safety. You're talking about staff safety, visitor safety, safety in general. And I, I sense that these safety adults, when they're done well, and I'm hearing you say this, don't sort of limit the focus just to staff, patient safety, but it's about the subject, broadly speaking, of simply safety. Um, I, I love what uh, uh, Helen is um, implying about the transparency of this, meet, this meeting you have. It's open to everybody. Uh, I don't know how many people could show up, how big the auditorium has to be, uh, but, it, it, but the idea that it, transparency to our patients, to our staff, this meeting is not a secret thing, that you communicate it very quickly and very rapidly through the mechanisms that both Helen and Renette talked about uh, is really important. And what do you communicate? I think it's important, I think uh, Renette said this very explicitly, that you clearly follow up and get to the bottom of the issues that are raised and show people that you have done that. Uh, by your communication, either through the Onion uh, or, the, or the newsletter or whatever it might be. And finally, the, the role of celebration in all of this as a way of uh, recognizing uh, the kinds of uh, changes in, in transparency and surfacing problems that, that everybody has talked about is clearly an important part of sustaining it. So I, the role of senior leaders and a standardized work process for executives who, and leaders who come to this meeting prior to the meeting would, would strike me as being two of the most sort of um, hard-hitting uh, takeaways that I've gotten from the comments that were made. Okay, thank you very much. 
And I'm showing two more of uh, your your slides, uh, Jim, just to re- uh, underscore some of this. I wonder if you could just say uh, one more uh, thing. I know when we talked and we're planning this, one of the things that struck me was your right away pointing out uh, that the sort of yes-no questions, are there any issues today, uh, was the wrong approach. And uh, phrasing that question, what are the issues today, starts things off on a very, very different path. And I wonder if you could just say a little more about that. Why is that so important? Yeah, before before we uh, were preparing for this huddle, I, I went back and talked to the the people who started this out, and I asked Kerry Johnson. I said, "In nuclear power, in some, some if a manager comes to this meeting, can he or she say, oh, I've got no issues?'" He said, "No, actually, they don't ask the question. Do you have any safety issues today? The question that's asked is, what are your top ten safety issues today?'" And every manager has to have a top 10 list in their pocket. And so I think that's a different approach, a different mindset. And I kind of wonder whether it might be a good idea to change the question from did you have any safety risks or issues yesterday and do you anticipate any today, yes or no, to the question what is the biggest safety concern you have today? Because everybody, it seems to me, should have a list of those safety concerns in their head. Okay. Very, very good. Thanks, Jim. All right. Lots of different questions. I'm going to try and get through as many of them as I can. Uh, I want to um, maybe start with some of the early ones that came in. Uh, trans- is the, are some of what we're talking about transferable to staff safety? Uh, Renette, I thought I'd uh, ask you that. It seems to me uh, for sure. Uh, and I'm wondering, is that pulled out in any particular way in the huddles? Yes. Um, yes, it is. We have, uh, when when our leaders are reporting out, they report out uh, staff events, staff, um, particularly staff injuries, um, staff mishaps. Um, we, is probably year two, um, because it, it, it became such a good source of information, um, one of our leaders from Human Resources um, Benefits and Benefits Division started attending the huddle so that we can she could hear personally the stories um, that were were happening um, the things that were happening to our staff um, you know we don't have a big issue with uh, staff being assaulted but sometimes they especially patients who are confused may um, may hit them harm them pinch them and um, having everyone together hearing about a patient that's challenging and and representing a safety issue to the staff is great because what we do is we then get a small group together, multidisciplinary, pharmacy, security, um, nursing, the medical team, social work, and they come together to develop not only a safety plan for the patient, but also, in essence, a safety plan for the staff as well. Okay, thank you. Helen, anything you want to say about uh, staff safety and how does that uh, get integrated? Yes, so staff safety and staff experience uh, and not just kind of physical safety. Uh, we do think uh, we quite often get very distressing incidents that have been raised. And through The Onion, because we often have our spiritual care colleagues there, we've been able to actually put direct staff support in uh, to help tackle difficult issues, perhaps difficult um 
conversations with relatives, uh, challenging uh, communication situations. Uh, so I definitely think it's a, it's not just for patient safety, it's safety in general. Thanks very much. Uh, I'm putting this, thanks, Helen. I'm putting this slide up here, Ronette. Somebody has a question wondering, says uh, replicable tools and templates, daily safety huddle whiteboard, which is updated daily with the key metrics being tracked. Somebody is asking, what are those key metrics? Or uh, just explain that a little bit more. Sure. Uh, the key metrics that are on, uh, and it, this literally is a big whiteboard um, that is uh, updated daily with a dry erase mark uh, on a dry erase marker. Um, the key issues that are visibly tracked: um, how many days it has been since our last reportable event, how many days since our last reported fall. Um, when we started this, we had a significant um, issue with patient falls and how many days since a fall with injury. Um, and then we um, have our guiding principles that are also listed as a reminder um, for everybody. Okay. And I just a related question then. Somebody is wondering how would you relate the safety huddle to uh, the fall uh, injuries fall reduction? That's a great question. So one of the things that when uh, the manager or director of the area comes to the huddle to report a fall that occurred the previous day, or a patient who hasn't fallen but is at risk of falling, um, they will very quickly talk about what, the ana what their analysis showed. So um, we may be seeing a trend where not all of the fall prevention pr uh, measures were in place. We may be seeing a case where uh, staffing may be an issue uh, and there may need, need, may need to be bolstered efforts um, so that the high-risk patients can be um, taken care of. It brings patients who are high-risk to fall to the forefront every day so as an organization we can see what's going on. And we have seen fall with, we have seen assisted falls increased, um, you know, and, and we have seen falls with injury markedly decrease. Okay, thank you. Matt, could I comment about please, that? Please, please. Um, one of the, I, I love that list of things that you review on, their, on your uh, whiteboard, the data. I would, I would strongly suggest that you consider adding one to all of your whiteboards, all the data that's reviewed uh, daily at the safety huddle. So, how many days since our last serious safety event would be number one. Number two would be days since last lost work day to injury by an employee. What you're going to find when you, when you have that piece of data added to this, that staff safety really does become a much more serious matter, and you start realizing how many injuries are going on in our system. Thank you. Great point. Yep, thanks. So here's a question, and uh, maybe I'll start with you, Jim, because maybe you've seen this, and then I'll, I'll get more granular with Renette and Helen. A couple of people are asking about almost the pre-work. If you're going to come to a meeting prepared uh, and be present, uh, there is work that has to have happened ahead of time, uh, maybe even earlier that morning. And uh, so some people wondered about tools about that. Uh, how do you, what does that look like? What's that uh, information? That person is at that meeting holding stuff that they have gotten uh, from other sources. Do you, any, any thoughts about that, Jim? What you've seen? Well, I think that's a great opportunity for every organization on the call to develop their, their own here. Uh, I have not been able to identify a template or a, or a standard model 
but it wouldn't be that hard to put together. For, for example, I would say that, that the list of tasks that each leader who comes to this meeting should have completed prior to the meeting would include the following. Number one, review yesterday's incident reports. Ronette had a great example. At midnight, information's out. Your job is to make sure you've looked those over before you come to this meeting and understand the implications. Number two, have a meeting of some kind on the floor, walk around, talk to people, and ask a series of standard questions. Uh, do we have any unusual safety risks today? That would be a broad question. Uh, are, are there any unusual, serious, high-risk staffing issues today? We have nobody on at night scheduled today with, with, with any kind of experience. They're all rookies. That, to me, would be a scary music situation. Um, any unusual procedures or medications or you know, something that we don't do very often that we're actually doing today, to me, that's a, a music from JAWS moment for most hospitals. The, um, I'm just giving you some examples, and I've given a starter list on, on one of my slides. It's sort of a starter list of questions that I thought through that you might want to ask in your standard work talking to staff. But if you haven't had those conversations with staff, how would you know when you come to the safety huddle to, that you can say, oh, no, no safety risks today, if you haven't actually asked a lot of people those questions? Well, I think it's a great uh, – you have given us – we'll get that uh, slide back up there, Jim. And you have uh, really pointed out some starter uh, things to be asking, and I think this, these would be great things for people to take into their organizations uh, at the department or unit level, knowing the things that are, are going to be bubbling up. I want to thank everyone uh, for all your questions and your interest. And just as a reminder to everyone – all our WIHIs are archived. They're available by the next day on our website, and they're also available on iTunes as a podcast. Um, and a reminder, when you get off the show, you can download everything that uh, we've shared, or you can find it on the website uh, tomorrow. Um, there are questions about leadership buy-in, physician buy-in, even an interesting one. Uh, Ronette, I know you made a very big point of saying uh, you got to be there in person. Uh, somebody is asking about leaders who want to participate uh, but may not be in the same physical location. So I, maybe I'll go back to you on that and see. Um, I, I think I, your principle really is a good one, uh, but how do you respond to that question uh, about uh, still being able to participate remotely? Um, you know, we've, we have been able to scale it so it works for us. Uh, I didn't really talk a lot about uh, the, the structure of the medical center, but the medical center is associated with uh, the Bassett Medical Group, which has a combination of, of dozens of primary care uh, locations, school-based health clinics, uh, dialysis centers, ambulatory centers that are all rolled up under the Bassett Medical Group. And the risk of having 50 people call in um, who may have no issues, you're certainly going to lose your opportunity to have a 15-minute huddle. So what, what we negotiated with them is that they have one representative who every who, who during the week who uh, is assigned for one week at a time to report out on for the entire medical group and all of our ambulatory practices. They get a roll-up report during the week of all of the event reports and concerns. 
So we, we feel that that does really work fairly well. Um, we also have uh, a representative from emergency preparedness um, every day at the huddle. So if there are, because we're in such a vast geographic location, uh, locations, if there are weather issues, if there are utilities failures, um, you know, uh, some hazardous conditions within that area, somebody's also representing that aspect as well. Okay, thanks. Helen, uh, feel free to uh, comment on any of these questions um, I also have a couple I, I thought I would uh, share with ask you uh, one or two at least questions in there about really being sure you, you talk about the onion being distributed uh, to everyone. And of course, the daily huddle is open to all. And uh, what's your sense about how one can be really sure that the information is actually traveling uh, the way it should? Uh, let, let's start with that one. So uh, we're a very different organization in that we're quite small. So uh, we do kind of benefit from that kind of diseconomy of scale that uh, it's a very easy reach to people. Um, one of the concerns was that a lot of people's shifts just didn't start at the time that the onion was being held or people were legitimately busy in uh, handovers from night shifts to day shifts or involved in theatre huddles. So we don't have, I think, the same degree of control over having every single um, service represented at the Onion in person, but everybody can come. So it's more of a kind of draw. So the wards all come every day and there's certain staff that absolutely have to come every day but the open to all approach means that you can just turn up even though you're not uh, a regular attender if you've got something you want to raise you can you can come in we also take uh, concerns by email uh, so that, that we will raise them on behalf of people and uh, to try and get broader coverage to physicians who are the worst, I think, at coming sometimes. Uh, we did what we called the roving onion, which was we went once a week to the uh, the grand round where all the doctors were, the physicians were, and we did a kind of pop-up onion uh, and, and got some issues there. Um, that was harder to sustain, though. So I think that's one of the you know, one of the things I'm going to take away from today is the proactive and much more structured approach that um, uh, Jim and Ron Etter are, are describing. I think we are still a bit reactive and we're still asking for concerns and issues rather than being uh, extremely proactive in, in, in hunting them down. Well, thanks, Helen. It, it relates to a point maybe somebody is asking, which is kind of push and pull. Uh, you know, who's, is it the responsibility uh, of, of the director? Somebody is asking in one instance to sort of pull this information out, uh, or is it the responsibility uh, for the staff uh, to basically surface it? I, maybe that's a question for uh, Jim in terms of uh, this dynamic of kind of pulling the information out or it, it, it basically uh, coming to you? Well, I think the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, Both. The staff should be pushing this out and forward to, uh, to senior leaders, and senior leaders should be pulling and digging and asking hard questions about it. Um, and, and the staff will do that if they 
start to see that senior leaders are actually doing something about the issues that they identify. That's really the key to this, mm -hmm. is that people start seeing that senior leaders are taking their, their issues, their staff's issues seriously and are addressing them promptly. The beauty of a huddle is that you can get things done in hours rather than weeks and months, and, and uh, many organizations have commented on that. It just accelerates the pace of solving problems. Uh, I can't help but comment, Madge. I saw a question come by on the, on the chat here a moment ago about another aspect structurally of these huddles. What do we do about weekends? Uh, as oh, you, right. everybody on the call knows, the, uh, you, you don't run one hospital, you run four hospitals, the weekday hospital, the weekend hospital, the, um, I'm sorry, the, weekend, the weekday hospital, the weeknight hospital, the weekend hospital, and the major holiday hospital, in declining levels of safety in all of those. Mm -hmm. So the scariest moments where the music should be, you know, really scary music should be playing are weekends and holidays and nights. And my question is, do, do organizations, in fact, run their huddles that way? Too many organizations, in my view, still do Monday through Friday only. They really should be doing Saturdays and Sundays. And I've seen a few organizations I, I think are fabulous. They have another huddle every day uh, at night, around 9 o'clock at night. Okay. Say, okay, we're going to go put the hospital to bed now, but now the scary music should start to play. What are the issues? That's a smaller group in that huddle, but that's a very good time to have a safety huddle as well, I think. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. That's a, a good uh, provocation. All right, John's going to just mention something uh, briefly, and then we'll get some final comments from our wonderful panel. John. Yeah, thanks, Madge. Um, well, obviously, safety huddles are an important way that care teams can communicate about their care, their safety concerns. Um, but how do you how do you know you're improving uh, on those safety issues? Um, where do we need to improve, and and how and how do we know those changes are improvement? Um, those are questions that were commonly asked here, and and data and measurement are indispensable for tracking improvement. Uh, and as we like to say. IHI. If you can't measure it, you can't fix it. So that's why we're proud to invite you to IHI's Advanced measure Measurement Seminar, which is an intensive and interactive two-day seminar that helps participants identify and oper operationalize outcome process and balancing measures. You'll learn how to identify, identify improvement opportunities and develop the right measures for those improvement projects. Advancement Measurement for Improvement kicks off this month. It's on April 24th and 25th here at the IHI Boston offices. And uh, for more information, visit IHI.org measurement. All right. Thank you very much, John. All right. Let's go around the horn. I want to uh, thank you all for so much uh, great participation. Uh, I, I think uh, like an onion, we can uh, keep uh, uh, basically peeling off issues here. And it sounds like we can also, you know, put some things uh, back together again. And Helen, I want to start with you. I loved your comment about, you know, things that you're learning uh, being part of the show. I know I have learned a ton uh, and, and certainly knew far less than you. So uh, what what are some of your thoughts kind of going forward? You did say that there may be some ideas you might want to take uh, back, but uh, kind of any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Thanks. Yeah, no, it, it's been really great. So thanks for asking me to, to contribute. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I, I think the similarities uh, which Jim uh, talked about, like the visibility of, of leadership, um, I, you know, I think having that um, event every day where you're visible, you're listening, you're engaging uh, with staff really helps to kind of break down hierarchies. Uh, and I think that is so important. Uh, you know, I think one of the biggest changes we've had is the changing culture that 
people are not afraid to come and tell you something that they don't think is right and it might be something quite minor but it all is a patient safety or a staff experience concern. Uh, consistency is important, so I think I'm certainly going to take away some ideas how to uh, really probe and go underneath uh, you know, and find those issues that perhaps haven't been coming up. Uh, so that's certainly my take home from today. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Helen Mackey, uh, for participating. And just to remind everybody, there's uh, ways to follow up with our panel members uh, on their slides or email addresses. And uh, Helen Lycronet shared a lot of interesting things with me. And The Onion, there's a nice uh, video uh, on the slide we're showing you right now. Uh, and it gives you a sense of sort of staff enthusiasm and what difference it's made. So thanks so much, Helen. Well, Ronette, uh, you've, uh, you're really uh, riding the wave here uh, a lot. What kinds of things um, might uh, you be taking away uh, as a result of this or just any uh, uh, the program today or anything you want to share with us before we go? I think for me, the um, the opportunity to expand these huddles onto the weekends is is a start. is really important. As I said, the administrator on call leads these huddles. They are on call on the weekends, and I think that safety. They, the weekends are riskier times uh, for patients in hospitals, and we need to make sure that we are meeting the needs twenty four seven, not just when it's convenient for us. And so. Um, if anyone on the line is from my executive team, get ready because we're going to be talking about that. <laughs> well, this is great. This is a, a wonderful uh, conversation we're having. And uh, if uh, I really also want to thank uh, people who have joined from many, many organizations, including the organizations of our panel members. Jim, final thoughts? You've given people a lot to work with. Uh, kind of what What are you uh, going to take away from uh, our discussion today? Well, I've been thinking that the, probably the principal objection to anything I've said today would probably be we don't have the time to have that much of a conversation. If it's just 15 minutes, how are you going to identify every leader's top 10 safety issues would be an example. So if you do, if you do uh, take that idea seriously, that you change the question from do you have any safety issues, yes or no, to what are your safety issues, I would suggest you one way to try to, solve, to address that would be once a week, I'm going to suggest that you change your safety huddle from a 15-minute meeting to a one-hour meeting. And at that, in that meeting, you actually ask that question, give us your top 10 safety concerns today, and you actually air them out in a much more uh, uh, detailed way. I, I think it might be an interesting experiment, that's all I'm suggesting, to, to really start to expose the soft underbelly of what we're talking about here. I think too many of these meetings, I'm just gonna say it again, are not surfacing the, the safety risks that are right there today, every day. Okay. Thank you so much, Jim Reinertson, uh, for all that you do, have done, and continue to do. And I am so grateful that you're willing to work with all of us on this program today. And I will acknowledge that University of Michigan C.S. Mott Children's Hospital conducts safety huddles twice a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And um, I, so uh, match you, Michigan, uh, C.S. Mott, and uh, 
maybe uh, we can learn uh, more from uh, this hospital on another uh, WIHI, but I think that's a perfect comment in the chat. Uh, change as we're talking right now. Big thank you again to our panel, um, our audience today. Next up on WIHI, we're going to be talking about pursuing health equity in North Carolina. That's on April 19th. And as we've been mentioning to you, you can download all this stuff, the slides, uh, all the information we've shared before you get off the program today. We welcome your feedback on a brief survey. So thanks for doing that. And find us on the archive page at IHI.org tomorrow uh, or on iTunes. Any questions whatsoever, you can email info at IHI.org. Boy, info at IHI.org. Great group help make WIHI possible. They include John Gothier, Matt Morse, Vicki Minden, Joanna Carmona, and Val Weber. And I want to uh, give thanks uh, to others as well. Uh, I don't plan this show by myself uh, by any stretch, and I uh, hope you could see that today. It's my privilege to host a program that's about spirited learning and improving health and patient care most of all. Today, we really talked, I, I think, in a real way about safety for the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. I'm Madge Kaplan. Good day, everyone.